This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. February 5th marks the 35th anniversary of one of the most memorable angles in wrestling history. An angle that had Hulk Hogan seen double. There's two of them! Yes, the famous twin referee angle with brothers Earl and Dave Hepner that took place on the inaugural episode of Main Event with Andre the Giant pinning WWF champion Hulk Hogan. It would also mark Earl Hepner's WWF debut on February 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 35 years to the day, Ad-Free Show's members will get the opportunity to watch back this historic moment live alongside Earl Hepner in our latest premium watch-along event. All $29 level members and higher are invited, and Top Guy members will get to come up and ask Earl questions. Reserve your seat by signing up today at adfreeshows.com. All right, by now, guys, you know I love talking about old wrestling. What you might not know is it's not my real passion. My real passion is helping people save money. My real passion is getting families out of apartments and into houses. My real passion is getting people's finances aligned so they can retire on time. I hated going to Walmart and seeing the greeter being 80 years old. She should not be working. She should be home. Why is she still working? Because she still has a mortgage. I want to help avoid that for you. The other thing I want to help you with, let's make sure your kids don't get saddled with student loans. If you've got a student loan, why did you get one? Maybe because your parents still had a mortgage. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm being sincere. There's only so much money to go around. What I want to help you do is figure out where you are right now and where you want to be long-term. And I do it at SaveWithConrad.com. I've been doing mortgages for more than 20 years. And during all that time, we've helped tens of thousands of families change their life. I mean, routinely, we're helping our podcast listeners save five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month, but more importantly, get them out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But if you don't think it can happen for you, let me just tell you this. We are not the bank. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. We're going to get you a game plan on how to improve your credit, how to save a little bit of cash and how to get into that dream house. Maybe you're already in the house, but it would be nice if someday we could put a pool in the back or one day we want to upgrade to hardwood floors or remodel the kitchen or get a badass master bathroom. I can help you do all of that with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. Check it out. SaveWithConrad.com, NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And hey, y'all, don't take my word for it. Check us out. We've got an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. And as if that's not enough, go look at our reviews. Read them and weep, haters. ConradReviews.com. You'll see more than a thousand five-star reviews. Our average review is 4.72 stars. Find out how much money you can save. Take control of your life in 2023 by taking control of your finances. We're going to show you how to keep more of your own money. If you've got credit card debt, what are you paying on that? 14%, 12%, 
28%, you know you can do better. With the mortgage though, you may not know this, the interest you pay is tax deductible. And we can even show you how to skip your next two house payments. So if you can get a lower monthly payment, pay your debt off faster, get a greater tax deduction at the end of the year. And right now, right after the holidays, skip your next two payments. Buddy, this is the biggest no brainer in the history of the world. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Or hey man, shoot me an email directly. Conrad at savewithconrad.com. Hey guys, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Need to call a timeout real quick here. I wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my world listeners for a while now. It's about all the incredible things happening over on adfreeshows.com. Looking for classic Royal Rumble content? Adfree Shows has you covered. First up, honorary DX member Kurt Angle watches back his favorite match of all time against Chris Benoit at Royal Rumble 2003 wasn't real smooth this is a choppy match it was like we were working for moves we were working for holds it wasn't like it, it was really a clean match but that's what made it so good it was ugly and it was choppy and and you know it wasn't like a a smooth move that you do all you know nice and clean all the way through or a smooth spot this match was like gritty and that's what yes. i loved most about it it was more of a fight than it was a wrestling match for the first time ever, JR watches back the final WWF pay-per-view before he joined the company, the 1993 Royal Rumble, which featured many Hall of Famers and, well, Virgil. All right, next up, we got the man, the myth, the legend, JR, one and only Virgil. There he comes. The meat sauce, the lonely uh, autograph table, the whole deal. That's him. Virgil's not known for many things. One of them, though, is his penis. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be this Royal Rumble experience, but I could be wrong. If you're looking for interactive experiences, Ad-Free Shows members joined Hacksaw Jim Duggan Live, 35 years to the day of his historic win at the very first Royal Rumble. In wrestling, as going way back as a kid, I live in upstate New York, up by Vermont. My dad would bring me and my sisters to Madison Square Garden to watch uh, the circus. So I can only imagine uh, bring my dad, who was my best man, to pull up in front of Madison Square Garden and see Hacksaw Duggan versus Andre the Giant. Hey, that's just a small taste of what AdFree Shows has waiting for you, including a brand new perk, getting to join in on the live recordings of the shows with four levels to choose from, see for yourself, why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today sign up now at adfreeshows.com that's right sign up today at adfreeshows.com the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment We are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. 
Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell, and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of that spine buster, and the man who did the honors at Super Bowl for his best friend, Bobby Eaton. He's the enforcer, he's double A, he's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week? I'm very good, very busy. Things are picking up. February is going to be a big month. You're just uh, getting back from San Antonio last weekend, right? WrestleCon, how was that? Uh, it was the first out of, of its kind. Uh, the guys have put that thing together and, uh, you know, kind of paralleling uh, the other big show that was in town, the Royal Rumble, and uh, gave some fans another option of, of wrestlers and wrestling and things they can enjoy. It was a, it's a very, very good day. Saturday was an awesome day. And that's awesome. I saw some guys from ad free shows there. My buddy, uh, John Hickson and his boys, they all got a picture with you. Coach was there and some other guys, uh, always good to see Arn Anderson out and about signing autographs and taking pictures. And I would encourage you, if you're a listener of the show, take advantage of these opportunities. Arn loves to, uh, interact with, uh, with his fans. Don't you? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you get a few minutes to just, uh, there's always something that, that they want to share the fans and there's, you know, I want to share with them the reason I've never done any of these and just so they understand. And uh, I'm glad to be getting caught up here. It was some people from all over the place. It was it was a good day. Dude, we uh, not only that, well, then Cody that night, a lot of people in town, as you said, the Royal Rumble was there. And, and Cody, uh, one of your favorites, actually won the uh, Royal Rumble. And, uh, and so big things to come for him. And then on Sunday, for all of us sports and wrestling fans, it was a big weekend, dude. We had the World Rumble, and then Sunday we had the AFC and NFC Championship games. Did you get to check out the games and see some I of saw, that? I did. I saw most of it. Um, of the available matchups, I think we probably got the most exciting one coming up, I would say. Uh, since it's not the Panthers, I guess I'm going to go ahead and just sit back and watch the game and uh, – just hope it's a high score and a fair. That's all I hope for. Just hope for an entertaining game. That's it. Yeah. You got the Kelsey bowl. You got the brothers, uh, you know, squaring off against each other. Travis Kelsey on one side with the chiefs, Jason with the Eagles. So that's kind of fun. Andy Reed coached the Eagles for so many years. That's kind of fun. I'm sure we'll hear all the narratives and all the stories, uh, over the next two weeks. But as a football fan, I'm looking for, always look forward to a fun Super Bowl event. Yeah. You know, I love Super Bowl. I love sports. Uh, mostly I love football. And uh, this one's shaping up. It's got the potential to be a hell of a game. There you go. Well, listen, last week uh, we took a break from our month-to-month -month coverage for Ask Arn Almost Anything. And, buddy, as we've discussed before here on the show, uh, we're going to do them every single month. So if we didn't get to your question, no worries. Don't worry about it. I promise we're going to get to your question. But we want you to make sure you're following us on social media and that you do ask Arn anything. Um, Twitter is the best spot. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That's the best place to then to submit your questions. Use that hashtag, ask Arn. Uh, we have uh, Marcus, who is a longtime friend of ours, Arn, runs the social media. He goes out and grabs all those questions. And then all of our ad-free show folks, they get to post on Patreon as well. We're going to collect them up in each and every month. We're going to do ask Arn any, anything. I've had some people that have hit me up on social media hey where do you guys grab the questions from twitter's a great spot and then if you're a member on ad free shows when we solicit there 
you can do it there. But man, Arn, um, I always have a blast with you doing those Ask Arn Anythings. You know, uh, and uh, I had several people over the weekend, you know, more than just several say they really enjoy that. So you made the right call, Paul. You know, it was there. We went for a long, long time when I first started the podcast doing the, the Q&A thing. But it was about every other my, week. Well, and my life is more as a producer yeah. than a wrestler. Ah. It takes on a whole different look when now they're asking questions about when I was a wrestler and much more entertaining, I think. So yeah. it was your call and uh, it was the right one. I listen, I have a blast with it. And I think it's a good way for people to get to know you not only as a wrestler, but as a, a person and as a husband and as a father and more of that humanizing you. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. So get on board, submit your questions. Uh, Scotty Riggs hit me up would love to hearing his question uh, that we yeah. got in there for the American Mail. So, uh, man, appreciate all of you getting involved. And uh, one more thing before we jump into it, two, actually, real quick, two things. First of all, I'm starting to see people are getting their uh, four horsemen jackets on. So check it out. I saw Anthony Pyers got his, and, uh, and Brad uh, Stanton got his. Andrew Hermas has his. Guys, make sure you check it out, whether it's, you know, we know it's cold weather and snow right now. Jeff Jewett, all these guys are grabbing their horseman jackets and they are telling me paul well worth it these things are fantastic quality so i wanted to share that with you arn yeah a couple other th quick things uh as well as that yeah they're liking the horse or they're like the you know the hats were a hit this weekend oh good i was gonna ask you about that you know if you wear hats man it, they're really 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 nice well done so another good job there uh now this airs we're the show this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday, February. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's already February, dude. We're already in the month of February. It's hard to believe, but it'll drop this Saturday, the fourth. Okay, so the fifth, we're in Baltimore at Celeb Fest Six. Be Brock and I, just so you know. I'll be show. there too. Yes, you will. Yep. Look forward to seeing you. But it's going to be a, a big show. We really looking forward to that and uh so that's coming up if you can come out and see us guy we sure would like to you know visit with everybody same thing uh love to hear your stories and love to you know just give the opportunity but say thanks now ah, that's cool man yeah i think it's right outside of baltimore in uh, westminster maryland so uh you guys come on out and check it out i'm going as a fan dude i'm going to uh see see some people there my son and i are going to travel out on sunday uh, again, another awesome opportunity, but let's get started. We're about uh, seven minutes into the show, and I wanna I wanna take everyone back to the month of June 1991. Arn, that's a, that's a lot of years ago, and uh, and we're gonna walk through your career. And uh, spoiler alert, boys and girls, the next two months are filled with turbulence and controversy, and it's going to peak with Ric Flair's termination from WCW on July 1st. I'm going to be playing some clips next week, Arn, from the conversation with Conrad that he had with Jim Hurd, and I'm going to be getting your, uh, your immediate reaction to some of those next week, so I'm really looking forward to that. But today, we're going to lay that groundwork as to how we get to that fateful day. And uh, at the inaugural Super Brawl, as we uh, talked about uh, two weeks ago now, you lost your television title to your real-life best friend, Bobby Eaton. Uh, that same evening, the Horsemen lost uh, heavy uh, that night. Sid Vicious, the big man, the heavy of the group, as we say, following his defeat to Elegante in that advertised stretcher match. 
where no one got taken out on a stretcher. Um, a lot of people in attendance, by the way, knew that Sid was leaving for the WWF, and they sang him out of the building. Some of uh, our folks that listen to the show have tweeted and said that they sang the na-na-na-na. No, no, no. Yeah, they sang that that night at the show as he left. Yeah, yeah. Well, and some of those were well-wishers, like looking forward maybe to him going to another company, and some of them were just saying, beat it, you know. Beat, were, beat it, pal. We'll see, yeah. It could have had a multi-meaning to it, singing them out of the building. Who knows? They sang him out of the building, but for you, Barry, and Ric Flair, uh, this marked the beginning of the end for the group uh, as the promotion started to downplay the importance of the Four Horsemen as a faction, uh, the larger role uh, and the larger role the group played for WCW. In addition, the booking committee at this time, Arn, they began starting to separate you guys out. You, Barry, and Flair, not having the three of you working exclusively together and intentionally having you in particular, they wanted you to work with some other heels and uh, sometimes, and we're going to start to talk about it here, the booking got a little bit confusing. And I'm going to touch on an example right off the bat here this week. Uh, you tagged with the one-man gang, uh, who we saw attack Elegante at the end of the Super Brawl match with Sid. And you and the one-man gang worked against the Steiner brothers for the tag team championships here in June. And it's uh, in Norfolk, Virginia at the Scope. And on June 6, you and gang lost the tag team match uh, when Scott Steiner pins you, Arn, listen to this crowd, 900 total in Norfolk. And then the following day in Baltimore, a tiny crowd of 1,400 watched you and the one-man gang challenge the Steiners in the main event. And you guys would lose this one, no DQ match, when Scott pins you again. And after the match, one-man gang and Kevin Sullivan attacked you and left you laying. But don't worry, Arn. Because uh, on June 8th in Philadelphia at the Civic Center, a thousand fans, that's right, a thousand fans saw you and the gang tag together in a losing effort to the Steiner brothers. So I have a few questions for you here on this. I laid all that out because uh, first, what in the world's happening here in WCW where the attendance was so low? I mean, we're talking Philadelphia, we're talking Baltimore. These are strongholds with deep roots uh, for Jim Crockett and WCW. And we were the main event. Yeah, and you're in the main event. Main one man gang and myself. Yes. Uh the only thing that I can figure when you come up with that type with there's no history, there's no setup, there's no, no story back, backstory, yeah. absolutely not. It's like you're you're just booking names. Names against names. And that will not do it. You know, without an angle, without a reason to have a match, mm, that just feels like somebody, you know, pin the tail on the donkey, put on the blindfold, throw a dart, whoever it lands on, that's who you book. Because there's no rational reason to come up with that tag match. I don't know how and where and why. And then you got to look at the booking that uh, we just talked about, too, because obviously we know social media didn't exist at the time. The dirt sheets are alive and well at this point. But again, you don't have that instant feedback of shows and what's happening. So I don't understand the benefit of having the gang attack you following the Baltimore show only to team up with you the following day as if it never happened. I mean, I, I, you know, I just don't understand the rationale here. I know this is going to sound like a cop out, but I'm just going to tell you the truth like I always do. 
of being a loyal soldier, it wouldn't have mattered what they wrote down for me to do. Remember where I just came from. Remember the, the circumstances which I left. Even though there were some matches that I'm being booked in at this point that make no sense, I was just thankful to be there. I really was because, it, you know, the less, the less days booked, you know, the schedule not being nearly as long. My job was to show up every day, strap on my boots and wrestle whoever they wrote my name against. Yeah. That, and that's the way I looked at the business. Today, if I went to work tomorrow for AEW, whatever they had for me, that's what I would do, and I would make it the best I could. Same thing with what was going on at this time. It wasn't my job to go, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. People are paying me. It's there every two weeks. I'm getting exposure on, t on the strongest television on earth at, you know, TBS. It looking, is what it is. Looking back at it now, Orrin, do you have any regrets or are you still, hey, I'm gl glad because I had an airtight paycheck. They took care of me and I'm glad I didn't rock the boat, even if I did, if I did have some questions in my mind with the booking. I was going to be there and ride out that three years, my friend. It was that gave, like I said, it gives you a peace of mind because it, it was ironclad. There was not a situation where they went, well, hey. Uh, we didn't send you a check this week because you didn't work for the past 14 days. Nothing like that ever happened. It was clockwork. And uh, at that point, I was a point in my career. I, you know, I had already had one scare with my neck. I knew that I wasn't, uh, you know, 25 again. It was just one of those situations that... Uh, just accept what they deal you, the cards they deal you. There was two two companies at that time to make a good living for your family, and that was one of them. And I, I just left the other one, so do the math. It's interesting because that's a very similar perspective that Tony Schiavone gives as well. He was up north for about a year, uh, you know, in 1989 in WWF, and when he came back, it was that good soldier mentality. I'm going to be a good soldier. I just did what they needed me to do. And I don't want to say uh, a yes man, but it was similar to if this is the direction that we're going to go, then I'm going to be on board and I'm going to do my job and do what they ask of me. And and so it's, it's interesting to hear there was a lot of folks at this time in WCW that kind of had that mentality. Yeah, it's the only one to have. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, you what are you, the squeaky wheel? And then what, you know, risk, risk? that money and risk that no nope you know you do what the people paying your salary want you to do and that's it you know you and you do it the best you can you don't go in with an attitude you know you don't half-ass it you go give them the you know if whatever they say that's what you do especially in those days Arn, when it's what's the fallback plan because you had just left wwf and kind of told yeah. them i don't want a part of it so there's no real fallback either it's i'm going to do what wcw wants me to do crystal clear there it is you know you roll the dice now you ride it out stick to your guns Arn, the next thing i do want to bring up though is a little bit more about the one-man gang because it feels like he's kind of being inserted into that sid spot if you will was there ever any discussion Obviously, we're going to talk about the unraveling of the horseman. Was there any discussion that you can recall about potentially bringing the one-man gang in as a, as a horseman being that heavy or no? 
No. You know, there was only a few guys that would have fit in that situation and made it better than what it was. You know, there were, just to put a name in there and, and you know, I'm sure there was no mention on commentary about horsemen anything during that match. It was just me and gang. It was just a random booking. And uh, horsemen had nothing to do with it, was not even on the radar at that point. So, I, I know you love what-if scenarios. What if they would have come to you and said, hey, one-man gang, horsemen, what, are your thought, what were your thoughts been on that? Well, if I saw that, that it was a statement and not a question, I'd have said, let's, you roll, said, sure. let's yeah. roll with it. Yeah. Do the best we can. What if it was a question? <sighs> nope. Yeah. He doesn't fit. You know, it's one of those things, gang 6'9", 400 pounds, whatever he is, his job is not going to be in his mind every day like mine was to go and get the guy over that I'm working with and get the match over. He's going to be more concerned with getting himself over. You know, guys that size have to be very, very careful, Paul, what they do in the ring. If they go out and bounce around like your six-foot, 250-pound guy, then guess what? That's who they are. They have to take care of themselves. When they're huge and gang could move, gang could work, he had a good psychology. You know, he was a guy that was enormous, and he had to work like that because you don't get a second chance of being a giant. Once you go out and wrestle like a regular wrestler, the next day, guess what? That's who you are. Well, uh, Arn, our first question comes to us this week from Bryant Haremza. And as we mentioned last week, he's trying to compete with the first lady and the research guy for your love and admiration. I love it. He's the one who has the book and he's going back through and he's doing his research and he's doing his homework on WCW through the years. And he, he has a lot of great questions. And uh, he wants to know if you have any memories from teaming with the one man gang uh, at this time and uh, any fun stories uh, involving Big George. You know, I. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know if it's just the state of mind and what I can remember and recall these days. I don't know if it was a question of at that time, I kind of, when the match was over, I just kind of intentionally wiped it out of my mind. Because in the long run, if you start questioning, well, why, why, why do we do that? What, what was and you start to have negative thoughts about it, then even though it's already happened and you can't go back and fix it or redo it, if you're still living with what you did yesterday, it's hard to be very good at what you do tomorrow. You just can't dwell on it. You really can't. Uh, the one thing I do, I would say about gang, and I don't remember, this was, God, this has been maybe in the last 10 years and we were at a signing somewhere and um, I just remember Baton Rouge is where he lives and we were signing somewhere and he you know he had still had on that you know he's such a personable guy if you've ever met him in person he's really a great guy and we're talking and we're going about it was one of those deals where the weather was really bad and there was flooding and uh Baton Rouge, and he comes over, and I go, you know, to say hello and all that, and I go, 
you know, how you doing, gang? He goes, well, well, I guess I'm okay. I could be better. I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, right now my house is flooding, Baton Rouge. So I said, well, man, get on a plane home. He says, no, no, you know, there's nothing I can do there. I, I'm obligated to be here. So that's pretty stout, his obligation to the fans for that signing on that day. That was his job, and that's where he was. And he's, can you imagine making those phone calls at home? And the wife's going, hey, the water's coming up. It's unbelievable. You know, and that's the kind of pro that the guy was. And I don't remember the exact year that was, but I just, I went, damn, man, that's a, that's a pro. That's a professional. Mm. Now, it sounds like overall just a great guy and great dude. I've seen him out on the, uh, on the circuit as far as signing and, and uh, meet and greets. And uh, I remember him from UWF, man, the old 747 and his battles with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And then Akeem, obviously, uh, in the WWF at the time. So uh, it's good stuff. And now here he is working with you, back to being one-man gang again. Uh, Arn, we, he also, uh, Brian continues on with some, another question. He said, based on the way you were being booked in May as more of a solo act, and now here you are working with both Gang and Terry Taylor instead of just Barry or Rick, was there any indication to you from anyone in power that the company wanted to move away from the horsemen? What memories do you have of the decision making to slow down showcasing the horsemen as a faction? That never was a conversation. You just saw it happening before your eyes. Okay. I mean, I, I never questioned the guys in the booking office. I never said there was to me. And I've always said this. I didn't know you could say no. And I didn't really, I knew you could, but I never said why. It's like, whatever you got for me, that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, and that's it. Because once you start asking why and questioning them, it depends on who's sitting in the seat at the time, but that could be very easily construed as bad attitude. Even though it's just a simple question, you know, like, okay, why are we doing this? That's really, you don't say it, it doesn't make sense because now you're, you're downgrading your squeaky wheel, and you don't want that reputation. The guy that wrote it down. That's right. <laughs> they take it personally. You know, if you go, doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, that's a that's a big time insult to the guy that wrote that down. So, other than go that route, I just took what they you know gave me, and man, I just I went out, well, and did my went thing. Went with the flow. You went that, with the flow. That's it. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on from some of the politics and booking decisions and uh, talk about something every wrestling fan listening to this podcast can appreciate, and that's a television title, buddy, because following your loss to uh, Bobby at Super Brawl, you tried to recapture your title from him on June 8th, 1991. It's World Championship Wrestling, and we have our first clip of the week, the closing minutes of that one as you challenge Bobby, and you've got the nature boy in your corner. We're going to take a look. Remember, it's June 8th, 1991. Here we go. The two great main events in this broadcast, as a little bit later in today's program, we'll be bringing you Brian, 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 and Dustin Rhodes to take on a one-man gang and Barry Wendell. So stay right here with us on TBS. And I don't care where you 
look, not in this country, not in Japan, not anywhere on this planet, will you see two more finely tuned grapplers than Double A on Anderson and Beautiful Bobby. This is wrestling like it ought to be. And the Nature Boy looks on. I'm sure he'd love to see not only Arn Anderson regain the TV title, but also to incapacitate Eaton prior to this Wednesday night's Class of Champions. He's going to finish him off right here. The enforcer went for a high-risk move, but he did not make a trip to the pay window. Perhaps a trip to the dentist is more appropriate for Arn Anderson at this point in time. Another kick to the face. Both men now back up, and Anderson with the advantage after he raked the eyes. Beautiful Bobby caught him coming in again. Anderson's out on his feet. Anderson caught right in the face again, and a clothesline. Anderson's trying to hold on. He's trying to use his instincts just to survive. Ten-minute time limit in this one. Beautiful Bobby went for the right, but nobody there. DDT. We may have a new TV champ, but his foot is on the rope. He was barely able to stretch it out and put his foot on the bottom rope, much to the chagrin of not only Arn Anderson, but Ric Flair as well. Bobby has survived the spine buster. He has survived the DDT, but Anderson has him where he wants him right now. Anderson came down very uncomfortably, I'm sure, on that steal. you wouldn't win this one but man that, that push is on with bobby now they're elevating him to a two out of three uh falls match with flair at clash 15. Uh, you gotta appreciate the aggression i just saw out of flair that's about as aggressive as you can bet brother if you want if it made you want to see that match that would do it bobby sold his ass off and rick kicked the shit out of him that's he did it. man that's as about as aggressive as I've ever seen Rick. And and you gotta love it too. I mean, like I said, you're you're very close with Bobby. He's getting a really nice push here to be elevated not only as a television champion, now he's gonna go two out of three falls with the nature boy Rick Flair. At this point in your career and in your life, Arn, you're best friends with both these guys. I mean, you gotta be excited for Bobby as his friend, and then also, you know, realizing Rick, hey, you two get to work together. Do you remember kind of what, how you felt watching this evolve and them being able to work together on a stage like Clash of the Champions? Yeah, I mean, it was a great vehicle 
our match to lead to Rick's match, you know, and that uh, it's real simple. You know, you got me out of the way, and, you know, once Flair hit the ring, that's your DQ, match is over, but it, the whole focus moved to Rick and Bobby. And when that, however many minutes it was, when Rick came in and took over two, three minutes, at the end of that, that's the match I want to see. So job well done, both yeah. guys. Absolutely. Uh, and that's what I love about this show is, you know, some of the, the TV spots kind of get erased when people just go back and watch Clash or go back and watch pay-per-view. But some of these, what happened on TV stories to kind of get you there, it's nice to go back and watch the story unfold and to really give you that passion before you then go and see those matches. So, uh, man, that was, that was fun to watch. Arn, it's time to thank our sponsor this week, Titan Nutrition. They're offering a full line of expertly formulated nutritional products to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. And my goodness, it's the start of 2023, and we need to get moving. We need to work off some of these holiday meals that uh, unfortunately accumulate around our bellies. And uh, it's time to do it. This is the time. Get ready for that summertime at the beach. And one product that can not only help you burn off those excess calories, but also give you the mental boost you need to move your body is Titan's Powdered Weight Loss Formula and Leet. This great tasting drink increases your metabolic rate so you burn more calories in the gym and at rest. It also contains healthy fiber, which is great for gut health and helps keep cravings away between meals. While it has plenty of caffeine to substitute your coffee, and Leet also has a nootropic or smart drug complex to help you focus, it lifts your mood and productivity, and Leet also comes in six amazing flavors that can be easily mixed and taken on the go, so it's super simple. Find it at TitanNutrition.net and save 10%, plus get free shipping when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. That's TitanNutrition.net, T-I-T-A-N, Nutrition.net, code ARN to save 10% right now and get free shipping. Arn, we know that your love for Bobby Eaton runs deep uh, to this day. He was an amazing human being, as you've outlined, as well as a wrestler. And our next topic illustrates the kind of businessman that Bobby Eaton was. Uh, Eaton would lose the television title on the June 1st recording of Worldwide to someone who I guess we would say did okay in the business and someone you know rather well. Uh, his name's Stone Cold Steve Austin. We knew him back then as Stunning Steve Austin. He was one of the hottest young talent in all of wrestling and someone at WCW that they thought, obviously, very highly of as well uh, because three weeks after Bobby beat you, uh, Steve would defeat Bobby for that television title. And uh, there was it was due to some interference, thanks to Lady Blossom. That's Steve's real-life uh, first wife. Arn, we know how highly you regard Steve Austin from your time running the roads together and the comments that you've made here on this show. And, of course, later this year, the three of you will all be members of the Dangerous Alliance. And that brings us to a fan question that I want to get into. Uh, Drew Landry wants to know what your impressions that you had of Steve Austin uh, from the get-go. Was it clear to you that he had that it factor, on? I put Steve, when I first started seeing him work, and uh, I put him in the Ivan Koloff class. Those of us that know Ivan Koloff and really was around when he was working and could be in arenas and watch him work house shows, he's a machine. 
he's an animal. He never quit coming forward. And if you're working with him, same with Steve. If you were going to, you know, have a competitive match with Steve, you better be prepared to fight him and meet him halfway because he was just going to keep coming. And he was a machine as well. And it was until you gave him a reason to sell for you, brother, he was all about getting himself over and offense. And in those days, that's how a heel got over his man. You were just, even though you might get out-wrestled or out-flanked or out-punched, man, you just kept coming. You were looking for one opening, and if you could find one opening, you were going to kick the door down. And that was what Austin was exemplifying already. You could see it just, and, you know, he was a cardio machine, having a big gas tank in those days was really obvious. His pace was really fast, so... You better be in shape if you're going to work, you know, 15 minutes with Austin because, man, he was a go-getter. Mm. Yeah, special talent. Even, even uh, you could tell early on back in those days, and obviously the brass at WCW felt the same way. Uh, Arn, uh, the build to Clash of the Champions continues on. They have you and Rick uh, taking on Flying Brian and Bobby Eaton in a tag match, and that's going to air on June 9th on uh, the main event. And we have it, the second clip of the week. We have the final four minutes of this one, and it really helped get the fans ready for the Clash. Uh, so let's take a look at it. Uh, and this all went down prior to Clash of the Champions. It's June 9th, 1991, the NWA main event. Pillman needs to make the tag to beautiful Bobby. There you can hear the impact from these two. Pillman climbs on top. That's beautiful Bobby anxiously awaits the tag. He'd like to get back in. May have been a low blow there by the nature boy. Flair drops the knee across the, right across the face of Flying Bryant. And now Arn Anderson is a legal man. He's back in the ring. I should say he's a legal man as he takes Flying Bryant outside and wraps his leg around the steel ring post. And again, Anderson using the ring post for leverage. What a night it will be in the magnificent Omni in Atlanta on Sunday, June the 23rd. Get your tickets early for that one. We'll talk more about that big event tonight on AM 750 WSB at 9 o'clock. Of course, that's an Eastern time start for the radio broadcast this evening. Flair has made the tag. They're working on the leg of Flying Brian. How will this affect Flying Brian Wednesday night when the stakes are extremely high? The loser of the fall must leave WCW Wednesday night. to certainly try to make the tag. Flair tried to prevent it, but he couldn't. Here comes beautiful Bobby with right to the left, Nanny Flair. Beautiful Bobby with a high backdrop on Flair. Two out of three falls with these two individuals. A right hand by beautiful Bobby. Eaton tosses Flair back inside. Oh, what a job by Flair. 
He wrecked the eyes there, says Eaton for the ride. But beautiful Bobby Cloudy, he got him with a neck breaker. He's going for the cover, but Anderson prevented it. He would have had Flair right there. Pillman back in, nails double A. And beautiful Bobby and Flair. It's Eaton with the advantage. All right, a couple things to point out before we get into the match itself. First of all, I love JR talking about his WSB radio broadcast. Arn, I didn't know if you know this or not, but the folks at Ad Free Shows were able to get their hands on all the cassettes of his original WSB radio broadcast from this time period, and they use that as bonus content over on Ad Free Shows. They have the original recordings of all the wow. shows. Wow, that that's, cool? that's cool history. Yeah, yeah, so that's all available over there. So it was cool to hear him refer to that. Secondly, referee Bill Alfonso, for those of you that uh, are old uh, ECW fans, Bill Alfonso is your referee in the ring. And uh, so it was kind of cool to see him doing that match. The third thing I want to pull out, uh, bring out from that clip is Brian Pillman. Man, we've been seeing him wrestle with you guys on the horseman against you since february of 91 and he just felt like the jack of all trades wherever they needed to pl uh, plug him in an angle whether it's with elegante whether it's here with with bobby eaton uh he was immediate baby face and made the match relevant and work and he was just so good back then he was the arn anderson of the babyface crew perfectly said yes you can see that in these clips it could fit anywhere you needed him from the first match of the night to the second to the main event he could make it happen and you know there was that 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 name again brian pillman inserted in those important matches yeah because he can make it fly and he belonged and at this point he was built to the point that uh he was a player and the audience knew it and they got behind him and he was when you plugged him into one of your matches, if it wasn't a personal issue, the value of that match went up anyway because of Brian being in it. And listen, that match obviously ended in a no contest, DQ, whatever you want to call it, but it did the job with the storytelling to build for Clash 15. I mean, yeah. the crowd was on their feet. Yeah, you didn't have to. I mean, you got your wins on TV most of the time. There was occasionally that you had top guys against top guys. And if you wanted them to watch the, you know, clash of the champion or, or buy a pay-per-view match, you didn't give them finishes leading up to it because that's what they wanted to see. And that's what they're willing to pay for. You had a lot of DQs in those days when it was top guys, things would just get out of hand and, and that's the way it was. And it was accepted and it worked. I want to pause this episode of Arn to make you wear something that Arn and I are really big fans of, and that's Jimmy's Famous Seafood. If you've not eaten there, then you don't know what you're missing. Check it out, jimmysfamousseafood.com. They ship food nationwide, and right now we have an offer for you. Free two-day nationwide shipping on orders over $125. 
Now, that excludes steamed crabs and some fresh items, but $125. They have items like crab cakes, soups, chowders, oysters, signature steaks. I'm telling you, their crab cake egg rolls are to die for. I get it every time I go. When you use promo code ARN, just those three letters at checkout, you're going to be able to take advantage of that free two-day nationwide shipping. They have several packages that make great holiday gifts, such as the famous gift box. That includes four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, mm, two different crab soups, crab dip, seafood seasoning, and their signature base sauce. Or there's the tailgate bundle two pounds of wings, a full rack of ribs, a pint of crab dip, and crab cake mix. Or you can create your own package, and boy, do they have options. They've been in business over 40 years. They've been featured in Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Bobby Flay, and so much more. So check it out, jimmysfamousseafood.com. Use promo code ARN, and you'll get that free two-day nationwide shipping. Again, it's going to arrive so quick, fresh, ice-cold, and you're going to be the hit of your next gathering. Take advantage of this offer right now. Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com, promo code ARN. ARN, our final topic this month is Clash of the Champions 15. We've been talking about it. We've been building to it as we've gone through the show. It does emanate from Knoxville, Tennessee, home of Dr. Tom Pritchard, by the way. And uh, you and Barry would wrestle Flying Brian, and unfortunately... George, the eight-foot stiff, in a match dubbed as Loser Leaves Town (laughs) leading up to this one. Pillman had been relentless in seeking revenge against the horsemen. Uh, Dating back to Russell War, um, I'm sorry, dating back to the 1991 war game, should I say. Uh, That's what ended up in those vicious, disgusting, sickening power bombs uh, from Sid that we had looked at uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, But we do have the tag match in its entirety. So we're going to take a look at how the horsemen fared in this one. This is Clash of the Champions, our final clip of the week from uh, June 15th, 1991. Here we go. You take a look at the former Cincinnati Bengal and the world's largest athletes. And yes, they are risking their careers. The Knoxville note will tell you. But you know, I think they have a very close friendship, and that may propel them to a win. It all started back, you know, in February at Wrestle War when the big guy came and helped Flying Brian out of the war games. It will be Arn Anderson starting out against Flying Brian. Colonel Botaya. Anderson trying to go for the left. Flying Brian catches him with a chop. Those Ric Flair like chops and Flying Brian are really something else. He's going for the pin early. He's got both arms hooked there. Anderson up. Good veteran move. He's got the leg hooked again and not wasting any time going for the pinning predicament. Was not a good strategy move by Arn Anderson to try to duke it out with Flying Brian. As we know, he can hit you and wants to hit you too. What impact here on TBS and WCW. When the Mr. Larian spinning karate kick by Flying Brian. Trying to pin his arch rival Barry Wendell. Wendell, the great second generation wrestler, 278 from Sweetwater, Texas. Oh, what a right hand. Big time right by Barry Wyndham and another one. And Flying Brian at 227 is the smallest man in the match. And there's a modified DDT by Barry Wyndham. Pillman may be pinned here and he got he kicked out, got a shoulder up. 
Interesting strategy from Flying Bryant and from El Gigante to start out with Flying Bryant because that's exactly what Arn and Barry want. They want the smaller of the two men in there to try to do as much damage as possible. I think Flying Bryant once again, as we have seen earlier on with Sting, has let his emotions carry him away here. Flying Bryant caught the knee right to the solar plexus. And Arn Anderson, a real ground specialist, going up to the top rope. And he's drop kicked. Oh, Anderson drop kicked right off the top. Flying Bryant, Air Pillman just flew into Knoxville. Up and over. Oh, what a high risk move. Flying Bryant wearing those top. Oh, wrong corner arms. What a, what a huge hand. Completely engulfing the massive neck of Arn Anderson. Anderson almost choked out there. Well, Brian letting his emotions now get with him, and he... Oh, look at this! Lion Brian with a power slam. Well, they got some teamwork here. Up on the Jay's shoulders! What a move! Oh, my! He's got him! Oh, and Anderson stopped the count! He had him pinned right there! Pillman had him pinned! What a spectacular move! We were a second away from seeing the end of the career of Barry Windham in World Championship Wrestling. There's a power slam by Flying Brian on Arn Anderson. Referee Randy Anderson, no relation, having trouble keeping him restrained. Windham tripped it. Windham grabbed the ankle of Flying Brian, who was on the top rope. Windham killed. Oh, he kicked him right in the face. Windham just kicked Flying Brian in the face. He, he's got it all. Pillman's lost. Ladies and gentlemen, here are your winners. Barry Windham and the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Flying Brian must leave WCW. Only moments ago, we thought it was the end for Barry Windham. What a tremendous double-team maneuver, and Arn Anderson came right in. Actually, he was into the time, and he saved it. But with the action going on, and this was a mistake for Ellie Gotti to get on the floor, oh. boy, that hit him, didn't it, Jim? Right in the face. Windham kicked him right in the face. Flying Brian must leave WCW. Flying Brian must leave WCW. We're going to get into that in a second. But, Arn, how come every time we watch these clips together, you're the one who has to sell for Elegante? I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> Big uh, yeah. You know, I did my best within reason. There's only so much you can do. I know. There's only so many times that you can have that, you know, crazy-looking <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, no joke. No joke. You know, it, it's... it's uh, the main thing that I take away from all this, and there's always Monday morning quarterback. And That's what we do here. Yeah. Mistakes made. But the one thing that was not a mistake is one kick from Barry Windham in the face was enough for the fall. And that's the one thing in those days. You either had a finish or you had something that looked 100% uh -huh. yep. devastating, and that looked devastating. And nothing got thrown away. You know, when something looked like it creamed you, it creamed you. The other thing that I noticed, too, is you went to the top rope, Arn. Thought you were going to do a big move from the top, huh? No good can ever come, and I've learned this over 40 years, no good can come from going up top. 50% of the time, something bad's going to happen, and 50-50 odds are not really that, that great, are they? 
Listen, not only do you make it to the top, then he kicks you off the top and you tumble all the way to the floor. So that's not, that's not pretty to see. And then he jumps over the top on top of you. So here's another, you know, stiff shot or bump that you're going to take. So none of that. I didn't like any of it as an Arn Anderson fan. No. And as you know what, I learned again that night, it reinforced ground attack. There you Ground go. Ground attack. Ground and pound. It did look impressive, Pillman coming off the top of Elegante's shoulders. That looks that looks fun. We finally figured out something he could do. Stand I, I, stand there and put his hands up. Right, right. Be the new, new corner post for guys and, to jump off of. There and he did a great job of that. So so this whole match was whoever lost or took the pin, they're done. They have to leave WCW. So I don't know if you remember this or not, Arm, but because of that, that's when we would see the arrival of the yellow dog gimmick that Brian Pillman would would come back as since he had to leave town. Do you remember when he was yellow dog? Do you remember that? I do. What do you make of that creative double A, yellow dog? (laughs) It was supposed to be cute. (laughs) It was supposed to be, I don't know what it was supposed to be, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, you could WWE like, I guess, WWF like yeah, a gimmick, I, a character. I don't know. Well, yeah, you know, there's been throughout time. I mean, when Dusty put on a mask and Barry put on the a Midnight mask, Rider. Yeah, you knew who it was, but it's, you know, it was like they were baby faces and you gave them a pass on it. You know, it was just one of those things that was for the times, it was ha ha and it was just part of the entertainment portion of wrestling. So there you go. That's how we would see the uh, creation or the evolution of what would become uh, the Yellow Dog. In the main event of the show, though, Ric Flair did defend his world title in a two out of three falls match against Bobby Eaton. Bobby won the first fall at 945 with the Alabama Jam. So he did pin the nature boy Ric Flair. Isn't that pretty cool just to know that he was able to defeat uh, Rick? Ric Flair won fall number two at 1142 after Bobby was counted out after he fell off the top rope. And then Flair then again would be eaten for fall number three by pinning him with the figure four leg lock, 17 minute match. But despite the losing effort arm, Bobby proved he could hang with anyone and uh, he had beat you the previous month. And now he took Ric Flair uh, to the limit. I know Bobby was always labeled a tag guy, but you got to love seeing him in these singles programs. And it proves that the man from Huntsville, Alabama could hang with the best of the best, didn't it? Well, how many guys, I mean, if you go back and really did some scathing research, how many guys beat Ric Flair right in the middle with their finish? There you go. Exactly. I bet that's a short list. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some roll-ups and there's some cross bodies and there's some shenanigans that went on, but to beat him with his finish, one, two, three, not many guys can say that. Nah, man, it's uh, it's fun, and I'm glad that I got to sit here and, and the listeners kind of get to hear you talk about Bobby during this period, this singles run that he had here. Television champion, fighting Ric Flair, Clash 15, two out of three falls, pinning him with the Alabama uh, Jam, uh, so much fun. Lenny Bakken, one of our longtime listeners, fans of the Yarn Show, and by the way, if you're looking for financial advice, he can help you there. He writes in and says, do you have any memories, Arn? Now, this one you're really going to have to think about. Do you have any memories, Clash of the Champions, about Salt and Peppa being backstage at this event? <laughs> you remember the music group Salt and Peppa? Yeah, yeah. They sang, ah, push it, push it real good. You know that song, right, Arn? 
Push it real good. You remember that one? <laughs> that something tells me this is leading to a blue chew ad. It isn't, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, weren't they local from Atlanta? Did they? Uh, you know or what? No. They could have been. You know what? I'd have to do my research and see where they're from. But, uh, but that doesn't possibly. matter. I mean, they were, I just remember that they were on the show in some capacity, right? Yeah, they, yeah, were, they, they were, were there. They were hot at the time. Yep, hot group at the time and uh, selling lots of records, Billboard Hot 100. To have them, you know, in any capacity rubbing up against, you know, wrestling and uh, our company was was a good rub for both, I would imagine. Yeah, there you go. Well, Lenny, uh, you know, it was a good rub for the company. Arn doesn't have a specific memory of interacting with them. He doesn't remember if they came and asked him for an autograph or a selfie or a picture or anything at that point. I doubt but, they were there to see me. It yeah. would have probably been more along the Luger, Sting, okay, yeah, Steiners. They weren't. Trying you would have been on the list, but it would have been it would have been down maybe a few names is what you're saying. Way down the like right before Eleganti though. Th it better be before. <laughs> it but was it again, was Arn then Eleganti uh, then One Man Gang I think. But then if you're on the outside of the business, you dearly didn't know the quality of the quantity. Maybe That's you're true. just. That's true. Saw an eight-foot guy walking around. You don't see that every day. So, yeah, they maybe have would have gone after a guy like Elegante. You don't know. Who uh, knows? Hey, fun question, Lenny. Love it. And uh, always enjoy having a good time with Arn here. We got some more fan questions that we're going to hit on before we wrap up this week's uh, show, Arn. And uh, Nick Lenz chimes in. He said, wants to know what your thoughts of Sid leaving WCW for the WWF. Did you think it was a good move for him? And in case you don't remember how Vince debuted Sid Arn, it was as a special referee for a handicap match for the main event of SummerSlam, where on one side it was General Adnan, uh, Colonel Mustafa, also known as Sheiky Baby, and Sergeant Slaughter taking on the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. Uh, WWF had played up Sid's trustworthiness in the storyline, and the match ended with Sid doing the right thing and posing with Hogan in the middle of the ring while Vince fired the warrior backstage for holding the company up hostage for more money. Uh, so what did you think? Did you think it was a smart move for Sid to head up north at this point? Well, yeah, because I knew that was he was tailor-made for Vince's company. Vince likes bodies. He likes bigger-than-life human beings that he can transform into super characters, you know, superhuman. And, you know, nobody looked better than Sid. Sid had that look, man. He had the whole thing. He did, the man. The facials, the body, the whole thing, you know. Physique, you know, big height. He had it all. So I knew he would do well up there. Yes, it was a monster for sure. Uh, Brian Harems is back, and he asked, on June 23rd, you teamed with heel Ricky Morton in the Omni. What was it like actually teaming with Ricky Morton? First question. More importantly, what did you think of Morton attempting to work as a heel as part of the York Foundation? So let's talk about the first question. What was it like teaming with Ricky Morton in a tag team setting? Who were our, were our opponents? Uh, it doesn't say. He didn't. He didn't share that. I Brian's really, the one I'm, with the with the book. He's the one who has the book of knowledge on WCW. So I really yeah. don't remember that match. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's way out there too. That's. Do you far, ever remember teaming with Ricky at all? I, I don't. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sitting here trying my best to remember if I if we had some opponents. 
that might jog my memory. But well, maybe assu- we'll have Bryant hit us back up and let us know. He can give us some detail on who that was. And Ricky um, was working heel at that time, right? Yeah, he Which, was. The whole York Foundation. Richard Morton with the slick hair back in a ponytail. Yeah, yeah he was Terry Taylor. And, yes, you know, and Terry. And, uh, Terry uh, a few right. Yes. Yep. Uh, but I would imagine I would have looked at that and went, God, there's something about Ricky Morton being a heel that just that doesn't fit, right? It's just wrong. Yeah, it was weird. Did did you? And then uh, obviously that answers the second question because he wants to know what you thought of Morton trying to be a heel with the York Foundation, went wearing the suits. Remember that and the slick hair? That's yeah, not Ricky Morton. I think it was just a company trying to create characters because you know we were seeing it done up north and it was. Probably we just weren't, as a company, qualified to do it the right way. And to me, it's one thing if you want to evolve someone's character. That was a total 360. You went from rock and roll with the handkerchiefs around the knees and and the, and the mullet cut and the ripped shirt to sport coat, tie, hair greased back. It was just so different and was not... It, how, how does anybody... I don't know. Just did not make sense. Didn't work for me, brother. No, uh, and, 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 and here's the reality. And they had their own reasons for both of them, did. But I'll just say this: Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton, once they split up, you know, the sum of the parts were a lot better than either one individually. Their success, you know, when Bobby and Dennis split up, I don't think they were ever as good by themselves as they were when they were together with Jimmy. I don't think the Rock and Roll Express, when they split up, and like I said, they did it for their own reasons, and it's none of my business, but they were better as a team than they were individually, especially if you're trying to shove Ricky Morton as a heel. You know, he's Ricky was a businessman just like myself, just like Bobby, and he wasn't going to say why or no, but I just don't know that putting him in as a heel under any circumstances was the right thing because people loved Ricky Morton. To this day, they still go out to oh, see Rick, Ricky yeah. and Robert wrestle. Yeah. That, you know, it's been, what, 40 years they've been together? It's an eternity. It's unbelievable. 38, whatever it is. Yeah. Something, it's got to be a record of some sort. And now his son's wrestling. You you show up with your son. He shows up with his son. You guys are doing, you know, it's amazing, Arn, the, the longevity of his career. Yes, it is. It's it's it is amazing. That's the that's the word. And and they have wrestled. I would say three out of four weekends this entire time. Mm. I'm sitting what here. What is Oh God, you know. And, and they do it for the love of the business and the love of the fans and and the love of each other. I'm sure. I mean, Ricky and Robert are probably as close to being brothers as you can get. And Ricky's still rocking that same haircut and the same amount of hair he did back in the 80s. And and I'm a little bitter about that, Arn. I've kind of got the same hairdo, too. You do. You do. You still have the tuft and the side. I mean, you got it going on. Hey, cool it with the tuft gimmick. (laughs) I'm just jealous. I can't even grow that. So That's that's a a palmetto bush. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like it. I remember that one, Palmetto Bush. I got it. All right. Dress is that up a little bit. And they go, what the hell is a Palmetto Bush? <laughs> Everybody's throwing it in their Google machine right now. Next question. Scott Golden, last question. Wants to know if you remember any health problems Barry Windham had at this time as he seemed to gain and lose weight quite frequently. Uh, during this time? Yeah, during this era. I would guarantee almost it wasn't health problems it was just how much to bury party that week i got you because i he could he could go and go and go up at this point in time i know for sure he was you know still had a you know great work ethic and just you know a big gas tank so if he put on a few pounds it was just because he had probably drank a hundred mixed drinks that, that weekend or or three cases of beer or whatever it was he was drinking. It never affected his work though. I never saw him when he couldn't just go and go and go. Here's the other thing too. This was probably the days before, you know, nice healthy catering at the uh is at oh, the venue. Yeah. And so you guys are, are running on you know, whatever you can find at the local fast food joints or gas stations or you know, whatever it could be too. So it's not like you have the best options at your fingertips running the roads as much as you guys were. Yeah, that's for sure. It was, you know, a much relaxed lifestyle. Let's put it to you that way. There you go. And Barry was not, a, the thing is, he was not a gym guy. If he drank 30 beers, he did not get up and go sweat it out. He sweated out at work, you know, and if he didn't wrestle that night and he just, Maybe had an interview or something. Maybe he looked like he was holding a little fluid. There you go. Well, that answers that question, Arn. And I uh, appreciate your time this week. That's going to conclude June of 91. It's pretty apparent at this time. The political situation's boiling over. The company's underperforming in uh, some of its best towns, as we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, and the booking committee is not really sure how to right the ship. And, man, there's no better example of that uh, as what we're going to get into next week when we talk July 1991. It's going to be loaded, Arn. I'm telling you right now. We're going to talk about the termination of Ric Flair from WCW, the Great American Bash. It is, by the way, widely regarded as one of the worst pay-per-views in WCW history. Uh, Luger and Wyndham, they're wrestling for the vacant title. You and Paulie Dangerously team up. Yes, you team up and take on Rick Steiner in a cage match that goes less than three minutes. And something I know we're all excited for, the foundation of the Enforcers. With your real-life friend and favorite cigar store Indian, Larry Sabisco. Oh, Arn, they're booing. Uh, so, so we're getting into all that next week, man. Oh, boy, I better uh, prepare for this one. Larry, Larry is too much. Oh, we're going to have some fun. Hey, before we get out of here, though, Arn, i got to remind them. Uh, my Life as Wrestling's Enforcer, your graphic novel, is set for its anticipated May 2023 release. That's just a few months away. Dirk Manning and his team reached out to me and everyone else that's contributed to the project for instructions on what to do next. So please check your emails, respond to Dirk so he can keep on uh, schedule for the project. Arn, every week we move closer and closer to the release of this book, buddy, and I cannot wait to see the finished product, my friend. Well, thanks for everybody that you know got involved with the Kickstarter. That thing was very successful. Cannot wait to get the uh, comic book out and let everybody, because there's some things in there that are going to 
curl your toes. Oh can't boy. Wait. Can't wait to hear, get some feedback on the read. I can't wait for it as well. Arn, I can't wait for next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's July 1991. On behalf of the enforcer, Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell. We're going to see you right back here next week on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.